Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So acknowledge me, says the Lord, in all of your ways. Place me first at the top of all decision making. Confess that I am your good shepherd and that I lead you in the right paths. Yea, trust me, lean on me, acknowledge me in all your ways. And I will lead you and guide you by my spirit in all of your days. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Consider it not a strange thing for me to lead you. For it's commonplace for my sons and my daughters to be led by me. I bought you with a price. You are my very own. And I am interested and want to be involved in all areas of your life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Rabbi And so we acknowledge you, Lord. We acknowledge you as master. We acknowledge you as our good shepherd. Jehovah Raha, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for direction, for he leads me and guides me beside the still waters. Thank you, Lord, that you go before. You go before. And you open up every door. Hallelujah. Raise your hand and thank him for his word today. Thank him for the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is helping us a whole lot more than we realize. And I do also believe this, that he wants to help us a whole lot more. Hallelujah. So this is a big key. This is a big key. The acknowledgement of him in all your way. To acknowledge means to testify, to declare, to open your mouth boldly and say, he is my good shepherd. Hallelujah. You are leading me every day. You are leading me always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so in acknowledging him in all of your way, gives him permission to go before you. Amen. I like that, don't you? Praise the Lord. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, it's true. And you may be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So what we want to work on this morning a little bit is we want to we want to talk about the power of God last week we celebrated the resurrection power of God and we want to to look a little bit closer at this so let's first uh, go to first Corinthians chapter uh, 2 and verse 1 we've been we've been talking about breakthrough amen a breakthrough is an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. 
It's any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase that removes a barrier to progress. Amen? Aren't you glad that Jesus broke through for you? He rose from the dead. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit of God and of the power of God. The word wisdom there in the Greek is Sophia, and it speaks of a worldly or a lower wisdom. And so Paul was saying, that's not how I'm coming to you. I'm not coming to you from the rudimentary elements of the wisdom of this world, but I've tapped into the wisdom of God. And as a result, my preaching and teaching is demonstrating the spirit of God and the power of God. You know, we live in a day and age where folks put their faith in wisdom of men. How many of you know that being smart is no guarantee for happiness? Some of the most miserable people in the world are of high intelligence, but they don't know how to keep a relationship. Paul was educated, but he wasn't depending on it. So what we're interested in is not only revelation, but we are also interested in demonstration and manifestation. Because the kingdom of God is not in word only, but it is also in what? It is also in power. Amen? I love what 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Now notice with me in verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power, in the ability, and in the strength of God. Say with me, I have faith in the power of God, His keeping power, His sustaining power is on the inside of me. And I believe firmly in my spirit this. That faith in the power of God can bring great breakthroughs into your life. So let's look at this a little bit closer today from a little bit different perspective. In Ephesians 6.10, in the Amplified Version, it says this. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your, what? Union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. So here's the question we want to deal with today. Is there power in you? Is there in fact power in you? Well, in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, it states this. Now unto him that is able. He is able. Amen. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, don't put a period there because he's not done speaking. It is according to the power of God that is working in us. How is it that he does these great, these exceeding, these wonderful things in our life? It's because his power is working in us. 
And if his power is working in us, his power must be in us. His power is in you and his power is in me. And that's why he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say this with me. His power power is in me. This is what we want to work on today. Wherever he is, his power is there. He goes nowhere without his power. And I believe that as you and I, individually and corporately as a church, get our faith to come up a notch or two in faith in the power of God, we are going to see some exceeding Things in the area of demonstrations and manifestations of his power and of his glory. So in order for us to come up, what needs to happen? We need to hear about it. We need to talk about it. Sometimes we need to dance about it. Other times you'll get so inspired that you'll run about it. But in your midnight hour, He's no less there in his glory and in his power when you're running down the aisles in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know this, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what do you say we hear about his power in us? The more power working in us, the more beyond what we can ask or think we will see. The less power working in us, the less things we will see. But oh, it's the plan of God for him to do exceeding abundantly above what you've seen up till now. Look at your neighbor and and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. So we were exhorted during the offering, but here again... A big step in this is not only hearing it, but also saying it. That his power is in me. We're going to do a 30-day speak the word challenge in the month of May. I'm going to teach probably the first Sunday on May in May, of course, being led by the Spirit. On the power of faith-filled words. And I'm going to hand you out something that I want you to take 30 days... And believe and say for 30 days straight. Somebody says, well, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's fine. You're a free moral agent. You don't, you don't have to. And you're welcome here even if you don't. But I know this. Those that will. Something will begin to change in your life. And I believe this, that beyond that 30 days, you'll just keep going. And the word of the Lord will be magnified. And the Lord will watch over his word to perform it. And you shall go from a place of not having to having. For you can have what you say. That's what the Lord says. Saying God's word, declaring 
what has been already said and boldly declaring it releases creative power. And the angels are activated. For my angels, they excel at hearkening to the voice of my word. And you are the voice of my word in the earth today, for you are my body. So speak the word, and may the word of the Lord have free course in your life. Amen? So say it with me, his power is working in me. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Light beams, which are energy beams, which are power beams, are shining in your heart this morning. Now notice with me in verse 7, but we have this treasure, this light, this light, this life, and this power in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This treasure is in clay pots. But don't you dare be fooled by a book's cover. The NIV says it this way, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The easy-to-read version says, but we are only like clay jars that hold this treasure. The complete Jewish version says this, but we have this treasure in clay jars so that it will be evident that such overwhelming power comes from God and not from us. Mr. Wiest says it this way, the super excellence of the power might be from God as a source and not from us. Something, someone is amazing living on the inside of you. And we can start today by becoming more God-inside-minded than we've ever been before. Hear it, acknowledge it, meditate on it, believe it, act as if he's living on the inside of you because he is. And you will become less circumstance-minded, less disease-minded, less lack-minded because you know that greater is he that's in you. Than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. He's living in me. I've got the power in me. Glory to God. You've got the power in you. I got the power in me. And it's keeping me free. Holy Ghost power in you does reside. So think about it, meditate in it, and in my word, abide. And surely, your perspective and your mindset should become very aware of the greater one inside of you. Amen?
Now, notice in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. Well, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? We know the answer to that. But here's what I want you to see. For you are the temple of what kind of God? You're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. What God is saying is this. I will make my home in them. You know, as much as we appreciate church buildings, that's not where God lives. This place is separated and sanctified and dedicated for worship. Amen? But you know, some folks miss it and they worship church buildings. How many of you know that's not right? Hallelujah. When you and I, and I include myself in this because I need to remind myself of this all the time. When you and I become God inside minded, we will stop, stop talking about a lack of ability. He has made his home in your body. I'll dwell in them. I'll walk in him. Where you dwell is where you live. No longer does he dwell in an earth made Holy of holies. He moved out of that temple and moved into another temple. (laughs) I said he moved out of that temple and moved into mobile temples. (laughs) Woo! Temples of the Holy Ghost. That's who we are. That's what we are. You can get so filled with all the fullness of God that you could declare... Hallelujah, I'm wall to wall, Holy Ghost. I got his power in me. Thank you, Jesus. And so he moved out of that temple and moved into this temple. And that's one reason why we have a better covenant established upon better promises. God inside minded, less circumstance minded. Don't allow yourself to slip back into the natural and walking by sight. Sight is all around you. But we're walking by the sight of a higher kind. And it is walking by faith. Now, let's look at a verse we quoted here. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Great verse of scripture. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God. And we're trying to overcome them. Don't know whether we can make it or not, Brother Tony. But one day we will. No, thank God. We are of God. Now, notice, and have overcome them. Who's the them that we've overcome? It's the them that Jesus whipped 2,000 years ago. It's them demons. It's them devils. It's them evil spirits. He overcame them and made you more than a conqueror in him. So now you overcome them. Why? Because you're of God. Hallelujah. 
Now notice he says, because, let's read the rest. Because greater is he that is in you. I pray the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. And when they are, all speech about a lack of power will stop. All talk about the devil's having his way in the earth today will cease. For there is on the inside of every born again believer the greater one. And as those that are in my family rise up and put the greater one to work for them, oh, the enemies shall be scattered and they shall run in fear and in terror. Hallelujah. So no more talking about a lack of power. I mean, on the job, he'll put you over. He's in there. I know you have challenges on the job. I know you have challenges in your life. The crisis of life come to every one of us. But he's there to lift you, to help you. He's the greater one. He's greater than any crisis. He's greater than any disease. He's greater than any oppression. Hallelujah. You ever felt like quitting before? Everyone has. But there's someone living on the inside of you that just won't let you quit. He'll rise up like a giant. And cause every enemy to be scattered. Somebody said, well, you know, pastor, right now I am facing something that looks impossible. When that happens to you, I, here, here's my, my prescription for you this morning. Get up every morning. Look at yourself in the mirror and don't be moved by what you see. <laughs> and declare... The greater one's in me. The greater one's in me. I got the greater one in me. Woo, glory to God. Man, if I could sing, I'd sing. But we need to declare it today. I got the greater one. The greater one's in me. Woo, one more time. The greater one is in me. Now, look over at Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Colossians, the first chapter, 26, verse 27. Man, you listen. So, you know, we're making progress today. Making progress. Colossians 1, 26 says, Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Somebody said, well, that's great, Pastor Mark. It's manifest to his saints, but I'm an ain't. I got a word for you. You ain't an ain't. If you're born again, you as a saint. In verse 27, it says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Which is what? Christ in you, the hope. Wow. So all that is in him is in you. 
How many of you think Jesus is so amazing? Well, it's impossible to be so amazed with him and be so disgusted with yourself if you have an understanding of this. There are many folks that are real tough on themselves. Real, real rugged on themselves. Get under the blood. I said get under the blood. Let the blood purge your conscience from the past and dead works so that you may rise up and serve the living God. Know this, that someone is amazing on the inside of you and that he has made you in him and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, say it with me, guys. I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. I am his masterpiece. So quit focusing on the clay pot. Focus on Christ in you. Keep these truths before you. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. Brenda's been doing a great series on identity. We've been in Christed. One of the best books in the Bible to receive for people that have been recently born again is the book of John. But it's also power-packed for people that have been in Christ for a while. And I love that the 17th chapter of John. Take time to read that if you would. But let's just look at a couple of verses from John. John talked about this a lot in these verses. In John 17 verses 21 through 23. It says that they may all be one as thou father art in me. And I in you. That they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And verse 22 says, And the glory which you gave me, if I'm in a good mood someday, I'll give it to them. (laughs) If they're good enough, if they get their act together, please. No? No? Sounds to me like Christ in you and the glory of God is as much a gift as righteousness is a gift. And the glory which thou hast gavest me, I've given them, now notice, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now read verse 23 with me if you please. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them. Why did he make us one with him? Why did he join us unto him so that we could become one spirit with him? Simply because he loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And I'm happy about it today. I'm in him. He's in me. You know what that makes you? That makes you something in Christ. Then go over to Galatians chapter 2 
And notice with me in verse 20. Romans, the second chapter, and I mean Galatians chapter 2. Did I say Romans? Galatians, the second chapter in verse 20. These scriptures should be a part of your daily, daily understanding, your daily confession, daily meditation. I love this verse. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now, here's what's happening. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, read the rest with me, who loved me and gave himself for me. So what this is saying is the anointed one is in me. His anointing is in me. Christ lives in me. And all that he is is in me. Hallelujah. As he is, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. As he is. Well, how is he? Go over to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, verse 6, is life and peace. And as we said earlier, don't allow yourself to slip back into the natural being carnally minded. Fix your mind mind on the things of this world and the things of the flesh. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And he tells us why. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. Because it's not subject to the law of God, neither deed can it be. So then, they that are in the flesh can't what? When we're in the flesh, when we're walking by... Think about it. When we're walking by sight, we're really in the flesh. And if I'm walking by sight, I can't please God. Because I'm not walking by faith. And without faith, it is impossible... To please him. But here's shouting ground here, right here. Verse 9, read it with me. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Woo! Amen. We don't have to live our life in the flesh. We can live our lives with the consciousness that his power is inside me. That greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And Christ is in me, the hope of glory. <clears throat> now here's what can happen. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead does what? Now remember, he said, I will dwell in them. I'll walk in them. And I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Part of him being your father and being your God is continuous quickenings by the Spirit of God. 
who lives on the inside of you. Read it with me. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in me, he that raised up Christ from the dead Here's what I have in my spirit. Continuous quickenings belong to those who become God inside minded. Continuous quickenings, not only in your body, but in your marriage, in your relationships, in any area of life that seems like it's Dying, a quickening belongs to you and belongs to me. Can he quicken your pocketbook? (laughs) Say with me, continuous quickenings for me. Young's literal translation says, And if the spirit of him who did raise up Jesus out of the dead does dwell in you, and he does, he who did raise up Christ out of the dead shall quicken also your dying bodies through his spirit that dwells on the inside of you. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come to the piano, if you would, please. And our final scripture is in Philemon, Philemon, and it's in verse 6. Amen? Glory to God. I think we should conclude this service by just worshiping him for a few moments. Hallelujah. Does that seem right to you? There's been a lot of good truth that's come across today. Amen? And say it with me. I'm not just a hearer of this now. But I am a doer. I am a doer. I am a doer of the word of God. Well, how would you do this word? Keep feeding on it. And do what Philemon 6 says. In the offering we're talking about acknowledging, testifying, and declaring. Look at Philemon verse 6 says, read it with me. That the communication of thy faith. Now stop right there. That the communication of your faith of this God who is inside of you, this power, his power inside of you may become effectual. That word effectual means divinely energized. How does this happen, Pastor? How does this happen? By the acknowledging, the testifying, the declaring, the proclaiming of every good thing. Every good thing. Every good thing. Every good thing. Which is in you. Which is in Christ Jesus. I rest my case. Let's stand to our feet and worship him for a few moments.